Hi, and welcome to Only the Avatar. An Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm Vida. And I'm Christina, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 9, Bitter Work. Woo! Um, we are not posting on Christmas, and Christmas is next week, so happy holidays, everyone who's listening. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hope you have a good December and New Year's. We're, we're recording this in December, but you'll probably hear this in January at yeah. some point. Um, but Veda, how's your week been? Pretty good. I'm just relaxing. We're off from work. Um, you know me, I'm getting into my chess game, forcing <laughs> my younger cousins and family friends to wake up and play with me, and I'm sure they appreciate it. But like, I should be able to use my powers as an elder sibling. To use your influence and force them to do things? I mean, that's a very older sibling of you, but I'm also an older sibling, so I get it. <laughs> like, this is all I have. Do you know what I mean? Let me boss you around a little bit. Like, my my sister's always like, you always ask me to do everything. And I'm like, you don't listen to me anymore, you know? <laughs> she's older. She knows better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's wisened up to my tactics. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I saw the lights in Diker Heights in Brooklyn. How was it? It was a lot of fun. It was very cold and it was kind of crowded, but there were like so many families. We were trying to avoid the crowds, obviously, just because of everything going on. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of fun. There were a lot of pretty lights. The one thing that takes away from it, though, I was like, oh, my God, these are such pretty lights. But then you realize they're not putting the lights up themselves. They're paying a company to do it a lot of the time. Oh, so really? Kinda, yeah. There's like these decoration companies and they have like the signs in front of their houses saying like this company decorated it for us basically you know what I mean like they have all these beautiful decorations and they have like H&R is like Christmas decoration company call us today or something and you're like oh that kind of takes away the magic of it that's so weird why did it become so popular I wonder if it originally was like people were going all out and then like maybe those people moved and new people moved in and they're like I guess we have to do this now but we don't want to put up but not every house does it you know what I mean like it's very much a choice it's not like this one strip where you're like okay every single house on the strip needs to do it it's random houses throughout the entire neighborhood that do it some go all out some have like little decorations some just have a wreaths but there's some co- like houses that do go all out but it's clear that they didn't actually do it themselves and the houses in Diker Heights are massive like these are mansions I was I had no clue that their houses were that big there half the time you're like it's not like the decorations are all right but you're like wow that house is really nice <laughs> you're like are you guys is this on sale yeah, there were so on sale. I'm like, these are millions of dollars. Cannot afford. Um, there was one house that looked like it was a, a, it was done by the people that actually lived in the house. It was based. It wasn't as many lights as a lot of figurines, like Nutcrackers and mm-hmm. Santas, and that was really cool to see because you could tell it was like very. It was actually done by the people that lived there. I love it. I love when people get a little like corny and over the top. I feel like Christmas. Now's the time. It's Christmas. Yeah. You know. Oh. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. So, should we dive into the episode? Yeah, go right let's do into it. it. We can just go in. Yeah, perfect. Um, so, in bitter work, both Aang and Zuko learn something new. Aang begins his earthbending lessons while Zuko tries to learn how to lightning bend. And both characters really struggle during their lessons, and earthbending is particularly difficult for Aang because it's his natural opposite, earth and air. And Toph is a, you know, 
I totally expected. She's a difficult teacher. It doesn't really <laughs> mesh with his style anyway. And yeah. in the same way, Zuko struggles with lightning bending because he has a lot of shame and a lot of trauma and a lot of emotion that makes it mm-hmm. difficult for him to channel the lightning energy. Yeah, and so Aang's earthbending struggles are exacerbated when he finds Sokka stuck between a literal rock and hard place in the ground, all while a saber-tooth uh, moose lion attacks them. Both the cub is really cute, but the mom is kind of scary. <laughs> and by the end of the episode, Aang is able to stand his ground and earthbend while Zuko continues to struggle lightning bending. But we're left on a little bit of a cliffhanger because he's standing actually on a cliff. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, yeah, for next sure. Episode. I really liked this episode overall. I thought it was a, a lot of fun. It was great to see Aang learn something new and him struggling a little bit. And I love the foil between Aang and Zuko overall. I love those kinds of episodes where it's both of them facing something together. Me too. And I, I like their mirror, um, their mirror struggles. And like, you know, it's definitely clear that they're facing a lot of the same types of difficulties. The episode title was pretty interesting. I looked it up afterwards because I was like, why is it called Bitter Work? I mean, it just means that like Roku, the past avatar, he refers to training in his opposite element as bitter work. And we know that Aang's opposite element is earthbending because earth and air are so different. Um, It's very personal, though. I think I was reading that in Legend of Korra, Tenzin, Avatar Korra's like training person or master um, said that it's not based off of the element that the person is born into, but a lot of based a lot of it is based on personality. So although um, you know Ang is such a great waterbender because he's an airbender, Korra is having a lot of trouble in Legend of Korra to be an airbender when her natural element is a waterbender. So it all depends on personality, surprisingly. Yeah, it's you know it's funny like. I was thinking about for myself, like I definitely have some things that I just am naturally bad at and like I keep trying (laughs) to be better at it, but I'm not, you know, and like you have some things that you take to really easily, but sometimes like I know I have certain skills, like even at my job and stuff that I know I'm naturally good at it, but I don't really like it. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of interesting. And like I've been painting a lot and I'm not naturally that great at it so it's but I like struggle at it and I still like doing it so it's kind of interesting just to sometimes not like what you're naturally good at and like like something that you're not that good at yeah but I think because you probably like it because there's less pressure for you to be good at drawing right like it's just a hobby it's not something you're doing your actual job it's not something that's making you revenue and I think even in this episode Aang was saying that you know it's hard for him to earthbend because there's just so much pressure on him to be perfect at it right away because if he messes up it's gonna look bad things like that when he's talking to Sokka when he's Sokka's stuck in the ground he was just saying like there's just so much pressure on him and I think that added pressure makes it harder for him to earthbend overall also the word pressure is great because that's (laughs) a lot of uh what he has to do as an earthbender because it's it's actually just using brute force against brute force. And it's just not a a natural style of attacking for him. And Mm -hmm. also Toph as a teacher is she puts a lot of pressure on him too, just because that's how she views the world, how she attacks problems, how she thinks of her strategic, you know, point of view. Um, Do you have a, like, who do you think you would function better with? Oh, absolutely. Katara. I don't, 
everything that Katara said about Aang when she was like pulled off over to the side was like, listen, he does really well with positive reinforcement, encouragement. That's me. Everything she said was me. (laughs) I was like, Katara would be the greatest teacher. I mean, I'm kind of like Katara in a sense too. That's probably why I would like it. I'd probably be really annoyed at Toph just like Aang was annoyed at Toph if she was my teacher. What about you? Um, I think, I don't know. I feel like I need a mix sometimes. Like sometimes I do mm-hmm. like having a tough teacher because like I don't want them to, I won't, I don't believe someone sometimes if they're being too nice. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. But then like, I'm like, oh, I like a, I like a tough style, but sometimes I want, I want someone who's a little sensitive too, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like I need someone who can switch a little bit. Yeah, someone who's a little bit of both. I think the best teachers know when to be tough and know when to give encouragement. And it's very based on like the person that they're teaching. You know what I mean? I don't think it's good to just be tough, tough, tough. Like I don't think you're yeah. going to the best way that way. And so. we've seen that from like um, Aang's other teachers as well, right? Like we've sh- we've seen him um, learn from elders as well who have that katara tough dichotomy of like teaching style. Um mm-hmm. So we kind of know already that Toph is not using the right type of teaching. But this episode- I I would argue that she needed to be the way she 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 had to act the way she did to get him to actually become a real earthbender, I think. Yeah. And you could even see like I the montage of Aang earthbending. I really love that entire montage because you could see that Toph is putting Aang through a lot of different like tests and different exercises to help him become an earthbender. But I really love that montage because you could clearly see he's getting better and better at what he's doing. But the reason why he can't earthbend is because he doesn't know how to stand his ground. How is he going to stand his ground? Not Toph saying you need to stand your ground because that's what she did in the beginning of the episode and he couldn't do it. She had to get on his nerves before he could stand his ground. So she had to kind of do what she had to do to force him to stand his ground, which would then allow him to earthbend. She, it's interesting to see like how much she understands about her element. I love when Mm -hmm. she ties a, when she actually makes him blind as well, like by blindfolding him. Did you realize, I watched this episode a couple of times. Did you realize that they were using the Sokka's boomerang to do that during that scene? blindfold him? When he was blindfolded and in the beginning of that cut, you see Sokka trying to rush into like Toph and Aang and Toph is pushing him away. Do you remember that? And I was like, that's so interesting. Why is he doing that? And then I'm like, wow, he Aang is holding Sokka's boomerang. That's why. <laughs> Did you realize that or is that just me? I didn't realize it. And I, I, watched, I watched this like last week, so I might need to go back and take a look at it. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. That's why he's so mad. I was also so surprised at how, like, not surprised, but I think I really recognized how much Katara has improved as a waterbender, too. Like, when has this happened? She's off to the side doing her thing waterbending while Aang is running away from Zuko and learning how to earthbend, I guess. But I thought it was funny. Like, I imagine Katara being such a good, like, kindergarten teacher, elementary school teacher, and Toph would be, like, asshole, like, calc teacher that you just hate from high school or something like like that. You need them to open your mind to multivariate calculus. (laughs) Like, keep your knees high, twinkle toes. Like, oh, my gosh. She has the best insults. 
She does. And she was like screaming something at him during that montage too. Was it like rock life? Like rock hard. She was like screaming random stuff. I thought it was so funny. Um, But also like it makes sense, you know, he has to learn how to earthbend. But in the same way, I love I love these moments between Zuko and Iroh if we like cut into their section for a second. Like Mm -hmm. when Iroh is asleep while he's like passed out and where he he goes into Luten's he has like a vision or so a dream sad about you know. Luten. Oh my gosh. And like you're like, wow, he actually was so hurt because you know his spirit was already like almost there. Like he's almost dying if he if that's what he's visualizing, right? Like I mean, he's, he, he was saying, like, I will see you soon, my son. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at that, the end of that sequence. That gave me chills. I know. It's like you think of and he was kind of funny this entire episode. He's like, oh, yeah, we should be drinking tea to help us with the lightning running. Sure, sure. <laughs> and like his reaction to the bad tea, you know, he was funny this entire episode. Very bracing. I was like, I know. Oh, my God. Zuko <laughs> in the kitchen was just <laughs> just cracking. You no, know, he's trying his best. And really that's is. all that matters, I think. I don't know. And it's interesting to see the different ways that I mean, as Zuko is trying to learn this um, lightning bending and upper level um, fire fire bending, and we've seen how like how much Azula has outran him. Like she's so mm-hmm. gifted at this, and he has a lot to learn. But like how Zuko and um, Ang deal with failure or deal with hardship. Like how do they, you know, how do they look at themselves? I feel like they kind of sometimes have similar ways. Like they put a lot of pressure on themselves, and they're yeah. like, oh, like I can't believe I didn't get this. Like. You know, they take like, a lot of blame. Yeah, Aang was super defeated. Like, he didn't even want to try when he was failing. When when Toph was just, like, calling him names, he was like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I felt like Zuko was so overdramatic. He's like, it's just blowing up in my face just like everything does. I'm like, oh, my God, the melodrama on this boy. <laughs> I know. It's a lot. Yeah. And I also thought it was just really interesting how opposite their journeys are during this like learning, like learning, you know, it's like just so opposite where Toph is telling Aang, there's no other angle. You need to face it head on. You just need to earth bend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where we learn that Zuko really can't lightning bend, right? And in response to that, Iroh's like, I could teach you something else instead that could be helpful. So there is something else that he can do where Aang has to just earth bend. Zuko has the option to, you know, let's find another way. Let's find another way to attack this. You know what I mean? Because yeah. instead of learning lightning bending, he's learning how to redirect lightning. Yeah, I think also like that idea of redirecting is interesting, right? Like using the force and energy that's around you to change, like change the path, change your fate. You know, I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting because like Zuko is going a certain way but he has the ability to like rework it rechange the story while yeah like ang has to face it head on um mm-hmm. yeah i thought i thought that was like really interesting and i think one of the best parts of the scene of seeing like the thought process behind um different styles of bending was like the fact that iro during his journey was actually able to study a little bit of everything and bring yeah. some of that um physical form um just insights spirituality of these different traditions bring it together and strengthen his own form like we learned that yeah. he's able to redirect lightning because he's studied the movement of waterbenders yeah, and Zuko was just like, this sounds like Avatar talk. But I really love that scene where he's talking about all the different elements because it was just like you learned more about all the different elements as well. Like we don't get to know too many about the 
too many people in the Fire Nation that are like not crazy antagonists of the show. And we learn they're very ambitious and things like that, how diverse the Earth Kingdom is. That's like the first time we really hear that like the Earth Kingdom is diverse and so vast, I would say. Mm -hmm. So I really like that added factor. And I really like that scene between Zuko and Iroh, just teaching him that stuff. And it's just like, you know, if if the world wasn't like this, like so separate, so distinct, like, can you imagine everyone learning a little bit of everything, you know, like, so that everyone would have some of that avatar ability of being able to think in the style of all four nations, you know, it's like, and yeah. it gives you an advantage too, because like I'm reading this book. I think I mentioned before I stopped reading it. I'm rereading it now called The Poppy Wars. It's actually based on like Azula fan fiction, but mm-hmm. this girl is, you know, she had no martial arts training, but she's able to defeat a lot of people in her well, spoiler alert, also if you're reading that book, skip ahead a little bit. But uh in she's able to, you know, defeat most of the people in this combat tournament that she's in just because she didn't learn the same exact thing that everyone did in her class because she got kicked out, right? So a lot of people in that class, they were all learning the same exact way to do something. And you can't be that competitive if you're learning the same thing as everyone else around you, Mm -hmm. right? So it's the same thing with elements. If you're a firebender and you're learning the same thing that other firebenders are doing, how are you going to really have a competitive advantage moving forward? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like Iroh kind of says that, right? Like if you don't, if you're only stuck in your one way of thinking, you become rigid and stale. Mm -hmm. But then when you're able to see all the different ways of attacking someone or different ways of looking at the world or using your body, you're able to be more strategic and have an advantage. Yeah, for sure. Um, Something I thought was really interesting was another opposite between Zuko and Aang was just that like... Aang needed anger to force him to become an earthbender, right? He needed to get so angry that it forced him to stand his ground mm-hmm. against Toph when she's he's just pushing him, she's just pushing him over and things like that. But Zuko can't lightning bend because he has so many he has so much emotion, right? Like yeah. lightning bending is pure fire bending. It's without emotion, it's without anger and it's pure energy. It's pure energy and Zuko the way he firebends is pure emotion, pure aggression. It's just so opposite because like he has so much emotion, he can't do the thing he wants to do. So I thought that was really interesting. Have to take a little bit of each other to become successful at this. And yeah, and just like thinking about all the ways that um Aang has fought previously, right? He's always like moving away because his natural tendency is to use his airbending ability and his agility in that way to Um, find another angle you know find a way around it instead of facing things head on so and yeah and like the same you know Zuko has to be able to redirect that I like the idea of but it the fact that redirecting is so scary because if one wrong move the lightning can hit his heart instead of you know but if he goes through his stomach which is what Iroh says that he has to be really careful of how he's moving it, but he can't actually practice because <laughs> that was so funny. Like, so like, <laughs> how are you supposed to practice? I don't get it. Like I'm ready to be lightning bend. Also, this is like the first time that Iroh actually lightning bends at all. He's usually redirecting it in past episodes. This is the first time he like actually does shoot out lightning, but it's just so funny. He's like, hit me. And he's like, are you crazy? I ain't doing that. That's dangerous. <laughs> I hope you never use this technique I've been teaching you the past couple days. Yeah, it's yeah. I think that's that's pretty wild. But I also love that Iroh invented this redirecting thing because it shows right that 
I feel like he's his slow commitment to nonviolence or like not too much violence, right? Like he mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, I think it's really showed him from going from being that general and feeling that loss and then mm-hmm. moving to a more spiritual side. Like this is definitely a spiritual movement because it's all about energy and understanding yeah. like your chi and your energy throughout your body. And understanding the people of the other nations and their their cultures as well. I yeah. really like that because because like that that's the epitome of peace is understanding one another and understanding people's like backgrounds to ensure like to just showcase like we're all the same in a sense. So you have to learn mm-hmm. about other people to like showcase like we're one and the same. Like we shouldn't fight, you know. Mm-hmm. Ang has so. just become so much more um, confrontational, strong, confident. So when I saw him like doubting himself it's been a while since we've seen that side of him like because in the first few episodes of season one you know he actually has a lot of doubt in himself and we've Mm -hmm. seen him grow out of that so like when he was failing and you can see that doubt creep back in I was like oh my gosh he's actually matured so much yeah I mean like in the last episode we were commenting like wow he's really facing his enemies face on he doesn't want to run away he wants to face them you know what I mean and in this episode he's he's having a lot of trouble facing things head on. You know what I mean? He wants to find workarounds and things like that. And I think it's just showcasing like this is the first time maybe in this season where Aang is actually getting frustrated or it's just a little bit harder for him because mm-hmm. it's the first time he's actually earthbending or like knowingly, consciously earthbending. He's earthbended in the Avatar state, but this is the first time he's really trying to do it and it's tough. So it makes sense that he kind of like regresses a little bit just because mm-hmm. it's so much harder. So. Yeah. And I um, thought it was funny how, okay, it's so funny how Zuko is just so dramatic this entire episode. I, like did you think it was over the top? Oh my God. It was so over the top. <laughs> Thank and I you. I was know, like, am I going crazy? <laughs> I don't know if it was the fact that like Iroh almost died and it was like that stress was coming mm-hmm. out or if it was like seeing his sister. I feel like, you know, but yeah, he was way more dramatic than usual. Like that one line, I think I said it earlier, like, everything's exploding in my face, just like everything usually does. Or like that end scene with him on the mountain being like, hit me, you usually do. Like, like, what are you talking to? Oh my God, I felt so bad. But you know what it is? Like, even in in the first season, I guess, when he's in that, he has that monologue in the cave, right? Like, he just has so much anger and he doesn't express it all the time. So when Mm -hmm. he does express it, it's always in the most dramatic, like, this is the end of the world. Like, nothing... nothing good will ever happen again like it's always black and white extreme he definitely goes into extremes and maybe that's his fire nation tendency and he's also not mature so everything is like extremes yeah that makes sense i mean he does he has been through a lot so i'll give him that but it's it's a little over the top do you know what yeah yeah the same thing as like a soda or something it's all bottled up and then when there's a moment when things get shaken up a little bit like oh my uncle's almost dead and yeah i hate my sister and she's stalking me like of course it's just gonna like explode <laughs> like the top of a soda uh, bottle i'm also like is zuko a cancer sign like because he's just so emotional and moody <laughs> Oh my, he might be a cancer though. He's definitely- Is that why like everyone stands Zuko and Katara because they're both like emotional cancers? <laughs> Is Katara a cancer? I feel oh, like she's totally. a Virgo. There's- I feel like she's a Virgo. 
I feel like she's a Campbell. She has one in rising and one is her like actual sign because like she's definitely like emotional and like protective. And I feel like that's very um, cancer signs. Particular handles everything a certain way. She That's very she has, Virgo. She has so, a lot yeah. of Virgo energy to me, but I don't know. She could be a mix. Yeah. She might be a little bit of both. I don't what know. What do you think like, of Sokka's side story? Uh, more like Sokka's I, plot line in this. I loved Sokka's side story. I thought it was just so funny. I thought that little, like, what is it? Sabretooth moose lion? Oh Sabretooth moose so lion? Cute. It was so cute. I just love that he's talking to this animal and the animal can't talk back. And he's like, fine, fine. If I get out of this situation, I'm giving up meat and sarcasm. I'm a vegetarian straight talker after this. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then Aang comes and appears out of nowhere right after that. And he's like, Aang, you're here. Got any meat? Like, it was just <laughs> great comedic timing. I loved it. And I just was like, I feel like it somehow it worked so well in this episode with like, you know, he was the jam that held together Zuko dealing with his confusion and learning how to channel his feelings and Aang becoming confident again. And then like, now we have Sokka the clown in the middle, like actually <laughs> stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I his that. puns that he used in this section were just so funny. Like all of his descriptors for like being stuck, being rocked, and like that whole section where he's like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. Like, I guess you could just <laughs> leave me in here. I think that it was uh, Aang was like I can't ask Toph to come and like earthbend you out it would just be very uncomfortable and Sokka's just like yeah that would be like like and it's clear he's very uncomfortable in the <laughs> I just I loved that humor like that double le- level of humor that was happening and yeah. like I love that transition though we have this funny scene of Sokka you know stuck in the earth and hanging out with this like little cub but it, at the end of the episode it's a way to demonstrate to Aang wow I really do need to face things head on granted he did use air bending to get rid of the the cub's mom who was this huge um like moose lion thing or whatever oh, like oh, she was Norman. charging and Sokka was just like you need to earthbend you need to do it and he just couldn't and he had a lot of shame after like he yeah. eventually got the the and moose also, lion away learn from Zuko's mom like an angry mom is like gonna do anything yeah. for her kid and Sokka was like you know he was the funny relief but he was the one who was who was adding to Toph saying like, you need to face this. You just need to earthbend, earthbend, do it, do it, do it, you know? And he could, he still couldn't do it, but to showcase to Aang, like I really got to figure out how to face things head on. So I like that tie in from being comedic to showcasing like the moral kind of of the episode. Yeah. I, I love how I like structurally this episode was great with the whole Sokka section in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And it was just like, I, it reminded me of like, I don't know, it reminded me of this show called Happy Days where this woman is just stuck inside a like sand hole and you can only see her head. And the entire play is done that way. Like you only see her head popped out and talking. In a play? It's not that TV show from like No, no, it's a play. play. And she's (laughs) actually Monday, Happy Happy Days. days. (laughs) She's actually stuck and you just see her head in there. And it's just like, that's crazy for for an actor, right? Like you're stuck in there for a 90-minute play and it's just your head. The entire, like there were, she was in every single scene and everything? Yeah, it's only her and like one other guy and you only hear his voice and he only comes out at the end. And like that's what That sounds like a wild play. (laughs) Insane. And just seeing him stuck in there and his monologues of being like, I guess I'll change this or like, oh, you're so cute. Him talking, like I just, yeah. But also thank God 
Katara realizes that he was missing in the first place. I know. And do we didn't even really talk about this. I feel like Aang treats Katara so differently as a teacher than Toph does, you know? he's in love with her. No, but I feel like he, he, I feel like he thinks that like Toph really is a teacher, like he has to give certain respect to her, but maybe because Katara is so nurturing to him, like he doesn't call her Sifu, he doesn't call Katara Sifu, he calls Toph Sifu in the beginning, you know, and even when he's trying to meditate and he's trying to be, you know, he's meditating and Toph is like using his staff as a nutcracker and he's like, please stop doing that. Oh, please. I don't know. And he's trying to meditate and Katara comes back around and be like, hey, Aang, and he's like, I'm meditating. You know, he's a little meaner to her. But also because Katara and Aang started out in the same place, and she mm-hmm. outpaced him because of her natural abilities as a bender. Yeah, so I think it's hard for him to see her as that. But towards the end of the episode, he yeah. does give her the respect. But I think it's just like, it's hard to transition, right? Like, they started mm-hmm. off as both students learning in the same way. And for a while, he was actually even better than her. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously, like, she surpassed him in that. And some, um, but I did, it's I, the same thing of, like, you know, if you ever do, like, something professional with your friends sometimes, it's, like, and, like, what maybe – or maybe you get hired for a job and one of your friends is, like, upper level and then you're, like, in a mid-level yeah, position. Yeah. It's awkward sometimes to change your perspective and the best way is just to be, like, okay, at work I'm giving you the respect, but then afterwards we're, like, just bros again, so it's hard. Yeah, I did like that scene with the two of them, you know, in the water, just talking it out of what Aang has to do. So I think really kind of realize, like, yeah, I do. I just need to face things head on and stuff like that, and think fast. I like that she like added in her own flair of teaching in there, yeah. just saying like, wow, you have the mindset of a waterbender. So and just the way that they were able to talk through his emotions because he can't do that with Toph. Like, he's not able to have that, like, vulnerable side or his emotional um, intimacy with Toph, right? They still are getting to know each other. That's also why there's a barrier between them. But with Mm -hmm. Katara, they've been through so much and they have that natural, like, connection. So it's it's easier for they're in love. Yeah. (laughs) And that scene was kind of a little risque, you know? Like, I was like, all right, guys. All right. (laughs) because <laughs> they're like in the water and in stuff water, like that yeah. i, I like the like top is like so just just splash around in the water to feel better i think that's what they she said right she's before so, they had that scene <laughs> so she's funny so insulting sometimes i mean like she really is <laughs> she really is she's tough she's a lot to deal with tough? i'm like <laughs> yeah probably and i'm like this is why like ang has you know he really he needed her because she's so annoying that he <laughs> that she forces him to actually stand his ground by annoying yeah. him. Like, she annoys him so much. Like, wow. That's that's I, wild. I think, but I think, like, you know, obviously I found, like, Toph to be kind of annoying this episode. Not as much as, like, the last episode or anything like that. But I'm like, oh, like, I would hate to have her as a teacher. But she'd probably be a really great teacher. Because she did what she had to do to get him to Earthbend. Because yeah. I don't think he needed that emotional anger to really do it. Which is so funny. Again, just because, you know. Zuko needs to not have that anger in him. He does. He has to get rid of his shame and things like that. It's actually lightning that, and that's not happening anytime soon. I also like the line of Iroh being like, "Pride is not uh, the opposite of yeah. shame, but it's um, it's humility." I think is what he says. I love that line. And no, I think he said, "Pride is not the opposite of shame; it's its source." Yes. So pride that's is the source line. of shame. It's it, it. I love Iroh. Always has the best line. It's so smart, and like you have to have that humility and. 
yeah, it, it I don't know. It just like it ties well to um, it ties well to Aang as well. And then it made me think of mm-hmm. Azula too, because like, you know, her pride is what forces her to do everything. Like she's run by pride. She's learned how to control it because she's very gifted. But yeah, she's yeah. so prideful. And, and I think arrogant. that's the only emotion she really has. I think she can lightning bend because like, you know, they say like, Lightning bending is a pure form of fire bending. You can't have a lot of like emotions when it comes to fire bending. Like you have to be really. It's like it's cold. It's like the cold brother or the cold version of fire bending. Like that's Azula because she has no emotions because she's a psychopath. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like oh, it makes sense. She can lightning makes, bend. It totally does right because she doesn't have that depth that you know Zuko does. But yeah, I also love the line that Iroh says where you know they're talking about Azula. And Zuko's like, I know I should learn lightning bending because she'll come back. And I know you're going to say she's my sister. Like, we should try to find a way to get along. And Iroh just goes, no, she's crazy and she needs to go down. I just. (laughs) I was cracking up. I was like, he got, he got, he got it. He gets it. Yeah. I I wrote a lot of funny lines. He said something else, too, about like the tea. He's like. Yeah, we need to just be calm when we're lightning bending. And Zuko's just like, oh, and that's why we're drinking tea, because it makes us calm. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? That's a good point. (laughs) Another part I loved is towards the end when Appa just like licks Aang. Mm, it's a great ending to the story right like i feel like at the end everything's wrapped up oppa comes along you know what i mean (laughs) man the mvp always but yeah i was i was proud of ang for like standing his ground and you know actually earthbending and Um, he was just so excited to earthbend overall like the beginning of the episode he's like today's the day like it sounded like the start of a musical (laughs) Today's the day I learned earthbending. You know, he like wakes up Sokka. And at the end, when he's finally able to earthbend, he's just so excited. So it's really nice to see, like, although it was hard for him to earthbend, him being able to do it, it just makes him so happy. And, you know, I love seeing Aang be happy. Me too. And it's actually yeah. such a great accomplishment. Like, he's on his way. He has the four elements down. Um, You know, he's he's ready. Like, yeah. we have to this remember, like, like, things are happening here. Yeah, and now with this episode, he's conscience consciously bended every single element now. Because remember, he firebended in the first season with um, the deserter episode, mm-hmm. and now he's obviously he's water bended, he air bends, and now he's finally earth bending. So he's done every single element. So he is on his way, tapping into his abilities. Yup. And yeah, uh-huh. we're left off with our dramatic Zuko standing on a cliff. Like <laughs> screaming into the void about how unfair the world is and how he Come has all of it while lightning like, is coming through. So I hope this boy is able to redirect it. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, we will see it. We'll talk about it in the future for sure. Overall, I really love this episode. I'm going to give it maybe a 4.8 out of 5, I think. Yeah, I think I'm going to do like a 4.7 or 4.8. I thought it was great. The structure of the episode is really strong. A really mm-hmm. good mix of humor. There are so many jokes in this episode. and But it is very, you know, it's very important. It's a very important episode for Zuko and Aang as well. So I like the humor and the, um, you know, the humor and the uh, seriousness of the episode as well. Yeah, there's so. so many deep lines too. And it's like, it ki- a lot of it was callback to season one. So I like that they brought back that humorous tone, like the playfulness mm-hmm. of season one, just because he's back on his learning. And then also the idea of Mi- Zuko and Aang being like foils or mirrors of each other. So like 
it, it was, but it was done in like a little bit more depth because now we have so many episodes behind us. So yeah, it's really strong, yeah. great writing, really fun. Yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. Um, so I guess next episode we'll be doing the desert. I feel like this is the changing point in season two mm-hmm. because a lot happens in this next episode. So I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. Um, but before the next episode, if you could, you know. Follow us on Instagram, like the podcast, leave a review. We'll be much appreciated. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.